Noah and Kate, Chapter 29 The next two weeks flew by, mostly in a daze of heady infatuation, at least for Kate. She'd only experienced this kind of delightful distraction a couple of times in her life, and even though she really ought to have known better, she couldn't help but revel in it. Colors were brighter, the trees were more fragrant and lush, the breeze on her skin felt like a loving caress. She felt truly alive, as though every cell in her body had finally awoken, and she felt a sensual awareness of her own body beneath her clothes. That's what her curves were for, to be caressed and touched and squeezed and fondled and kissed and nipped and loved. The hazy, humid days of August descended, bringing with them the last of the summer vacationers and the college kids gathering for one last kegger before going back to school. The town bustled with activity, and everyone was in a good mood, even when traffic grew so snarled that a long line of cars had to idle in the sun, inching down Main Street and out of town, radios blaring summer songs, and drivers sharing cold drinks with the others around them. Kate wasn't normally a fan of hot weather, but this summer she barely noticed it. She barely noticed anything unpleasant, floating around on a cloud as she was, feeling light and breezy and barely tethered to the earth. This is what good sex does to a girl, she thought giddily. In spite of working fewer shifts, Noah was busier than ever, and Kate had only been able to see him a couple of times. When they were together, even if it was rushed, even if they just fooled around and played with each other like horny teenagers, Kate finally felt whole, as if there had been pieces of her missing until Noah came along and found them and put them back into place. Mostly, though, they were limited to texts and phone calls, since Noah had seemingly endless things to do before his trip. She tried not to think about his leaving, of course, had elevated the avoidance of that subject to a fine art. She was too happy to let dark clouds loom and chase away her good mood. And it worked, for the most part. She was living in the now, allowing every moment to expand and linger, instead of counting down the minutes, noticing everything, capturing every glimpse of happiness, and breathing it in, letting it settle in her mind as a new normal. Besides, something was stirring inside her, something she couldn't quite name. A growing, gradual sense of her unease lifting filled her. Things were changing, subtly. She knew it from the odd moments of peace that came over her now and then. Like the contented sighs that escaped her sometimes out of the blue. Or the fact that now she sang in the shower, loudly, badly, not caring. The hard, heavy thing in her chest was melting, easing its grip on her and she basked in the soft, easy warmth left behind. One bright, blustery day, as Kate finished packaging up her most recent batch of seed bundles to mail out, she heard a ping from her phone, and her heart leapt. She was beginning to feel like one of Pavlov's dogs, she thought, as she spent a few minutes trying to find the phone underneath all the mailing supplies scattered around the cabin. Noah rings a bell and I salivate, she thought, and laughed out loud. She rescued the phone from under some tissue paper and felt a familiar flush of happiness when she saw a new text message appear on her screen. Hey, Katie Mae, just thinking about you. She quickly typed back, 
thinking about you too. How's work going? She waited as the little bubbles appeared, showing her he was responding. Slow today, thankfully. I'll be off in a few hours. She typed back. Are you out on the road? In the call room. Bottom bunk? LOL. It is the best one. I have great memories of a certain bottom bunk. Oh, brackets, you can't see my innocent expression, but I'm fluttering my eyes and everything. <laughs> yeah, I made out with the sexiest woman in the world in that bed. I've been meaning to get her back in there so I can finish what we started. That's crazy. I have a bottom bunk makeout story, too, with the sexiest guy in the world. Can you believe it? His reply didn't come back right away, but after a moment or two, she saw the bubbles again. Shit, gotta go. Spoke too soon, about a slow day. Okay, take care of yourself out there. She'd started saying this to him lately, her mind always drifting back to that pale scar on his side. His chances of getting assaulted again were slim, especially in Cedar Lake. But sick and injured people could be unpredictable, never mind the kegger kids. She figured it didn't hurt to remind him to watch out for himself. I'll be home after 11 if you want to come over. Can't promise I'll be energetic, wink wink, but I'd love to see you. I'll bring food. She took a couple of quick photos of her phone screen to transfer to her computer, wanting to keep a visual version of these texts in case she ever lost her messages or her phone. Sometimes she just thumbed through the gallery of screen captures, enjoying every sexy text and joke and easy conversation. Noah's charm and affection emanated from each line, and sometimes she even laughed at her own replies. Maybe this was all just the breathless excitement of infatuation and good sex, but even if it was, it was the shot in the arm she'd needed so badly, for so long, that she fully intended to savor every second of it. She sat down at the dining table and woke up her laptop. Her customer spreadsheet with all the new shipping addresses popped up, and she cross-checked them against the list she'd made as she'd packaged everything up. Just as she was about to close up the computer and head out to the post office, she noticed the Wi-Fi signal blink on in the upper right corner of her screen. The internet was working again, at least for now. It came and went, with little predictability, and she paused for a moment to wonder if there was anything she wanted to do online while she had the chance. Nothing urgent. She ran through things in her mind and then paused. She straightened up and made a quick decision. She pulled up Google and typed plus move, plus two, plus Panama in the search field and pressed enter. The internet was available, but it was infuriatingly sluggish, and so she sat chewing her thumbnail, waiting for the results to come back. The longer she waited, the more nervous she became, until finally she couldn't stand it anymore. Just as a page of results loaded with links titled, So you want to move to Panama? and the like, she reached over and snapped shut her laptop, as if she'd been caught surfing porn at work. She closed her eyes and inhaled deeply. The jitters started to settle down. Why was she so damn nervous? It's not like Noah would ever know she'd typed in those three words. And even if he did, she could always say she was doing research for his sake. Right? Right? She sighed and dropped her head into her hands. 
She could not ask him. She could not. She couldn't even bring up the subject. Could she? Okay, what if, she said to herself, rising from the table and grabbing the box of packages she needed to mail, what if I were to phrase it in such a way that he knew it was absolutely okay for him to say no? She tried to picture how this could be accomplished as she grabbed her purse and keys and headed out the door. She couldn't quite imagine how to word something like that, or how to guarantee he'd know he was free to refuse. But suppose she could. Super casual, like airy, breezy, the verbal equivalent of a shrug. Say, Noah, she practiced, putting the packages in the back of her car and starting up the engine. She backed out of the driveway and started down the winding road towards town. I had kind of a wild idea. What do you say? I wing on down to Panama with you and hang out with you for a little bit. No big deal or anything, and like... She snorted with fake laughter. You can totally say no, obviously. She frowned in the rearview mirror and cursed. Okay, she'd need a bit more time to come up with something. But suppose she did. Could she really bring herself to ask? First of all, she reminded herself out loud, Panama. Bugs the size of Volkswagens. Snakes. Intestinal parasites. Stifling, sweltering heat. Yeah, right. You wouldn't last five minutes. And that much was true. She could barely stand summers up here, never mind summers so much closer to the equator. However, she was spending a lot more time without clothes on these days, which made the weather a lot more bearable. And skinny dipping. There was always the skinny dipping. Maybe she could just live in a bikini the whole time she was down there which would have the added benefit of turning Noah into that caveman on the regular. Win-win. Okay, but what about your business? Devil's advocate Kate asked herself. How could you run Zuzu's pedals from down there? Easy. They'd have internet cafes and a post office, which is all she'd need. Oh, this was ridiculous. Why was she even entertaining the thought of ending up in Panama with him? And why was she talking to herself? She laughed and gripped the wheel tighter. Panama wasn't the problem, though, not really, which sobered her a little. The elephant in the room was that she knew he wanted to go alone. It would be terrible to invite herself along on his dream, knowing he might just do what came naturally to him and acquiesce, putting his own needs aside to make someone else, her, happy. Could she go with him if she knew he didn't really want her there? And what if he actually said no? Somehow she had the crazy, breathless feeling that he wouldn't say no. Maybe he'd been running these same scenarios through his own mind, seeing how it could work, allowing a place for her in his future. Sometimes the way he looked at her, the way his eyes took her in with that serious, speculative gaze, made her think the very next words out of his mouth were going to be, come to Panama with me. Sometimes, in the warm, quiet moments after they'd used an Adirondack chair in a way the designer had surely never intended, he looked as though he wanted to say something, but couldn't find the words. She could feel it, crackling in the air between them, a few simple words that could change everything. 
simple words neither of them could say just yet. If she focused on her business, if she could show him that her life wouldn't be wrapped up in him, that he could still have the freedom to pursue his dreams without worrying about her, maybe he'd see she wasn't about to become a clingy girlfriend. She could see herself laying it out for him, watching a bashful grin spread across his face, feeling that rush of joy when he sprang up and lifted her into his arms and spun her around. He'd tell her he'd been afraid to ask. He'd kiss her till her knees buckled and they'd plan their great adventure together. She had always been exceptionally good at Spanish. God, this was driving her crazy. Crazy in the best possible way. She drove the rest of the way into town with the radio blaring and the windows open, the rushing air and the pounding summer music making her feel carefree and light as a bird. The post office was cool and quiet when Kate pushed open the door with her back and hauled her box of packages in. She smiled when she saw Jade, her favorite postal employee, finishing up with a customer. Jade glanced up and then looked again and smiled when she saw Kate. She said goodbye to her customer and laughed when Kate plunked down the box in front of her. Back again, Jade said, running her eyes over the padded envelopes. That's the second batch this week. I know! Kate beamed. I can barely keep up. Jade paused to pull her shoulder-length blonde hair into a ponytail, like she was bracing herself for serious work. She began pulling envelopes out of the box and assessing each address. Well, I guess it's a good problem to have, she said cheerfully. Absolutely. I can't quite believe it. More orders are coming in all the time. I paid for a couple of small ads in some gardening magazines, and I think it really paid off. I'll say... You look so happy, hon. You're positively glowing. Oh, that's just good sex, she almost said. Good sex and maybe a bit more. She bit her lip and grinned, keeping a little nugget of happiness to herself. I've been meaning to take a look at your catalog myself. I was thinking of starting a little herb garden. You know, just a few common ones. You do herbs, right? Oh, sure, Kate said, propping her elbows on the counter. I have a 12-variety package with the usual favorites, plus some of the less common ones, like lemon balm and garden cress. Lemon balm and honey make a wonderful sleep tea. You should try it. So you sell them locally, too? Like at the hardware store? Kate cocked her head. No, but honestly, I never thought of that. That might be a good idea, if the owner agrees. Oh, Chris would let you, I'm sure. Jade scoffed, making neat piles out of the various packages. He lets locals sell a lot of their own handmade stuff. I'm sure he wouldn't mind putting out a few seeds. I'll ask him. Thanks for the idea, said Kate. I think I'll always do better selling online, of course, but I'd love to open a greenhouse where I can cultivate the seeds. Maybe even experiment with crossbreeding plants and creating my own varieties. Look at you go, Jade winked. Good for you. She set aside a couple of envelopes and then turned one around to read the address and frowned. Uh-oh. Uh-oh? Kate gave her a puzzled look. Australia, Jade said, tapping the address label. That's a problem. What's wrong with Australia? Nothing, Jade laughed. You just can't mail seeds there. Kate's puzzlement deepened. What do you mean? You can't mail seeds internationally, Jade explained. She inspected a few more envelopes and withdrew another one, labeled with an address in England. She put it on top of the Australian one and tapped it. 
Customs in other countries won't let them in. Kate slumped against the counter. You're kidding. I thought you knew, Jade said, slumping dramatically in commiseration. Yeah, it's a huge deal. Seeds and plants are on the list of prohibited items pretty much everywhere. Other places don't want to risk importing crop diseases or invasive species, things like that. They're just seeds, Kate began to protest. Yeah, I know, it seems harmless. Jade frowned, then brightened. You could apply to the government for a phytosanitary certificate. It tells other countries that your seeds have passed inspection. How long does that take? Kate asked. Jade frowned, and her bottom lip stuck out. Great. And how much does it cost? Jade stuck her lip out even more and shook her head. Kate propped her head in her hand and massaged her forehead. I'm just saying, you know, for the future, Jade went on, sounding apologetic, for when your business gets bigger and you have more international customers, you'll probably have to get some sort of export license. So I can send them domestically, just not outside the country. Right. Okay, Kate sighed. I guess I'd better take those two back and refund the customers. I'm sorry it's such a pain. It was more than a pain, Kate realized. It was a major stumbling block to her fledgling business. Why hadn't she known about this before? Why hadn't she even looked into this, considering her whole business was essentially mail order? Another thought occurred to her, and she felt a fierce twist in her chest. She looked at Jade. You said this is a rule pretty much everywhere? Does that mean if I was in another country, say, I don't know, Central America somewhere, would I be able to mail seeds to my customers here? I doubt it, Jade replied, weighing the packages. I mean, even if another country let you mail them out, the post office here wouldn't allow them in. Great. Just great. She paid the postage and thanked Jade for the heads up and took her two contraband packages back to the car. Sitting behind the wheel, she hesitated before turning on the engine. The world felt like it was narrowing, crowding her out of her own life, and for a few dazed moments, she couldn't focus enough to move. She couldn't work outside the country, at least not without going through a lengthy and expensive process with what sounded like miles of red tape. And there's no way she'd even consider going to Panama if she couldn't work while she was there. She'd have to have her own career going. That part was non-negotiable. She would not be the bored girlfriend sitting around in the volunteer camp waiting for Noah to come home. Not for her sake, nor his. She started up the car and drove off, allowing possible solutions to pop up for consideration. Maybe she could ask Paige to mail out the seeds? Just send an email once a week with addresses and... No, Paige was busy enough running the store. Besides, Kate made up each seed bundle personally, drawing on her knowledge and the customer's requirements. It wasn't like she could just ask Paige to mail off some pre-made inventory. Could she hire someone? Train them how to prepare everything based on her instructions? Maybe, if she had the money. Zuzu's Petals was just starting to break even, and she'd need to put another year or so into it before she'd be able to hire someone else, even part-time. Sometimes you're on a road with no turns, Kate thought. 
You can drive straight on or turn around and go back, but those are your only options. The road ahead, for her at least, led to a life with Noah and the wildly unstable and unknowable future it promised. The road behind her was lonely and unfulfilling, but ultimately familiar and safe. She could wait for him. Maybe she could just lay it on the line and tell him how she felt, and that she'd be willing to wait for him for as long as he needed. They could have a long-distance relationship. She could visit once in a while, do video calls at night. But even as the fantasy played out in her head, she knew it wouldn't work. He wanted freedom. He wanted independence. He wanted the option of extending his contract and moving on to other places, other challenges. He didn't want a girlfriend back home, waiting for him to get it out of his system and come home to settle down. And as for her, wasn't she entitled to her own dream? She'd been waiting her whole life to have the kind of marriage and family she'd seen on Hallmark commercials and after-school specials. She'd been the bridesmaid too many times, never the bride. And if she followed Noah to Panama, she probably never would be. She wouldn't even have Zuzu's petals to sustain her. She'd be giving up pretty much every hope she'd cherished for as long as she could remember. She drove to the grocery store to assemble ingredients for a calorie-dense, man-approved casserole to bring over to Noah's later that night. For a few brief moments, lazily gliding through the aisles with her purse in the upper part of the shopping cart, she felt as domestic and housewifey as all the other women in the store, even the ones trying to bargain with screeching toddlers over sugary cereal and looking drained and exasperated that the negotiations weren't going well. She was shopping for food for her man. Didn't that count? Did it matter that she really only had one killer dish? A rich, gooey macaroni and cheese bake that lowered life expectancy with each bite? And that she didn't even have her own kitchen to prepare it in? One thing she knew for certain. Her heart was a tenacious, hopeful little thing. And it wanted to keep the dream alive a little longer. Maybe it could work. Maybe, somehow, it could work. <laughs>